Welcome back to Making the Brand, a special guest here, uh, a friend of Fortress and uh, the one and only Cheryl Scott. I don't, I don't know how to introduce you, and I understand that you're nervous. You've never done a TV production this big, this yeah, scale, I'm shaking this, right now. this many views, but uh, how do you introduce yourself other than meteorologist? You can introduce me, friend, neighbor, <laughs> yeah. Cheryl Scott, yeah. You know, I, I find your journey pretty fascinating because what you see on TV is partially, like, so real because you're so authentic and, like, that just joy and positivity shines through. Thank but you. there's so much more beneath the surface, like you being a college athlete and going to Ivy League school. And so who is, is Cheryl Scott? Well, you're sweet, but... I hope people, first and foremost, when, you know, they're getting to know me through social or TV, they get that sense of me being real and authentic because that's yeah. most important to me. I just want to stay true to myself. Um, but I grew up in a small town in South Jersey, two older brothers, mom and dad. I was big into sports growing up, following my two brothers around. Um, I was super fast, so I ran track and I got lucky enough to go to a high school um, that was pretty big into the competitive world in terms of track and I ended up getting recruited to run at Brown University and I didn't want to turn down that opportunity. So that's kind of how um, short story I got into Brown was I was fast, not necessarily the smartest. <laughs> what was college Cheryl like? I had fun, but at the same time, track is one of those sports that is all year. So you have those two seasons, you don't get a lot of off time had a great group of friends on the track team. Um, a bunch of the athletes would hang out. And uh, I was pretty dedicated to my sport. The thing about Ivy Leagues is they don't give you scholarships. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can find that athletes get into the school, start their sport, and maybe right. drop out along the way because you're not getting that constant reward. Or, right. um, But I stuck with it all four years. Um, our team was really good. We actually still, to this day, have some not top records, but we have a few events that we place out of the top 10 at Brown University in terms of jumps and, and sprints. So I was a sprinter. Wow, that's cool. I can barely yeah. run anymore because my <laughs> legs are shot. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it all in college. So with your path to where you're at now, um, one thing I found really fascinating is you actually wrote in your yearbook as a kid that you wanted to be a meteorologist. So I don't know if it's manifesting or destiny or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah. talk about your path to, to getting to this, this seat where you're at. Yeah. And I want to stress that's not normal for a lot of yeah. people when they're younger to write down their dream and it becomes a reality. I'm just so fortunate that mine did. It was a roundabout way because I went to Brown. They didn't have a meteorology program. I started majoring in business, was like, this is not my space, um, not connecting mm -hmm. with this. And then I was just talking to my advisors, what am I going to do? Like, And they were like, well, where do you see yourself? I was like, well, I always was super interested in the weather. This was my passion growing up. Um, so I majored in geology at Brown University. So I got my first degree in geology at Brown. And then when I graduated, um, I got myself an internship at a local television station in Philadelphia. And I was working <laughs> alongside one of the best, most well-known meteorologists almost in the country, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. And they helped me kind of get myself in front of a camera just to see if that was something I even wanted to explore. And I ended up really liking it. So then I enrolled in Mississippi State's distance learning program to get my meteorology degree. So I did it a roundabout way, but 
I made some tapes way back when. Gosh, this was probably 20 years ago now. And uh, sent them out and got a call from a few very, very small stations and started working as a meteorologist reporter um, or a weather anchor at that point because I was still working to get my degree in Erie, Pennsylvania. Wow. So how did you land in Chicago then? Because it feels like you've been here forever. It feels like you are a Chicago girl. I have been here a long time, probably... uh, 2000, since 2000, late 2011, I moved here right after the blizzard, which I was so bummed I missed. So I'm ready for a really (laughs) good blizzard in Chicago. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, So I just really focused on building my career those first couple of years. I mean, I dedicated my time and attention to really getting the repetition and the practice on air because I didn't go to school to become a journalist, I wasn't getting those types of public speaking classes while I was at school. I was actually, I remember when I first got into this, I would record VHS, some of my local meteorologists, Mm -hmm. Cecily Tynan, and um, I would play back what they were doing to kind of learn how they would talk and present the weather. And that's kind of how I taught myself. So after two years in Erie, Pennsylvania, which was lovely, I think we had over 150 inches of snow that one winter. Wow. I was like, okay. You typically get into a job and you have a contract that's for a few years. So my contract was coming up and I was just sending out my resume tapes all over. I was like, where am I going next? Right. And I got a call from a station in Knoxville, Tennessee, WBIR. And I took that job and it was awesome. And that's really when social media started really becoming yeah. a factor in in the TV world and focused a lot on social while on TV and and the science and the weather. So there was a lot coming together and just helping to build that brand and that connection with the viewers in Knoxville. And then there ended up, you know, three years there being an opportunity in Chicago. And I came out and I interviewed with a local station here and I remember visiting, it was 70, 75 degrees. It was beautiful. I've never been to Chicago before. It wasn't even really on my radar, but I came here, took an architecture tour, and I was like, this city is unlike anything I've ever seen. It was beautiful. Granted, it was 75 and sunny, but um, I fell in love. I, it, was, it, was just, it just felt kismet and right in that moment. So I rolled with it, moved here, and haven't looked back since. Wow. That's awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, summertime shy is, is, <laughs> will make you fall in love. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. you like the the bad stuff that comes <laughs> in the wintertime too. So the bad weather or the more severe weather is probably better for business or more interesting for you than like it's 72 and sunny all the time, right? Exactly. Like we get to be everyone's best friend when it's yeah. so beautiful out, like today, the day we're filming this. But um, what's great about Chicago, I tell everyone, it's the number one weather market in the country to me because we just have basically everything other than hurricanes. We can get the remnants of hurricanes, though. So from winter snowstorms to extreme heat to I don't know how many times I've interrupted everyone's television programming covering tornado warnings, but severe weather as well. So there's such a, a, a large variety of weather, and it changes hourly to minutely some days. And I really do feel like Chicago, as Chicagoans, we care about the weather and Mm -hmm. we want to stay on top of it. And at the end of the day, our focus as a team of meteorologists is to keep everyone safe 
in severe weather. And that's our, our number one priority. But there are definitely a lot of days we get to smile and have fun yeah. too. How do you deal with the, the haters who say like <laughs> the weather people are always wrong and it, they said it was going to be sunny and it's raining or the opposite? I mean, you're always going to get that. But yeah. the science has changed so much in the past couple of years that our forecasts are becoming mm-hmm. more exact. And yes, we could get a difficult storm system where it's saying at first two weeks out that we could see over a foot of snow. But as meteorologists, we take everything with a grain of salt. We know Chicago, we know the microclimate that we're in and we, you know, take it day by day. And we like to really stay on top of, you know, the potential scenarios of how a certain weather situation could play out and let the viewer know what we're seeing. So they feel like they know exactly what we're trying to uh, get across. Just talking about your stops from your start in Jersey to Knoxville to Chicago, like, what's next? <laughs> I mean, if you can share, but obviously, that's a we great question. Keep you here forever. Well, I love Chicago, and this is now my home. I have spent a lot of time focusing on my career, and you know, I'm just kind of happy where I am right now, uh, connecting with the city, forecasting the weather here building relationships and and things like that. And that's kind of where my attention and focus is at the moment in terms of career-wise. We'll see what happens. That's awesome. It's a great place to be and it's a great place to be in life of happy where you're at. And so you you do a lot of other things outside of being Chicago's weather personality. And I know you have a philanthropy and dance and other things. So what other projects and things are you up to? Well, a big project that we work on every year is New Year's Eve in Chicago. So hopefully we'll be cooking something up fun that people will love to, you know, tune in and watch. That's being, I feel like that's becoming a part of New Year's Eve in Chicago, which we absolutely love. Um, I'm on the board of the Red Cross and we're constantly, you know, working together to continue to you know, build funds and, and outreach and, and programs there. But the blood drive mm-hmm. is coming up in January of 2024, which is going to be here before we know it. And that's a big project of ours. And it's now become one of the largest blood drives in the country. And that's just remarkable because blood donations are needed always and frequently. So we're definitely ramping up. And usually in late October, November, December, we focus on that big project to bring people out and, yeah. and donate blood. Got it. So is that, was that near and dear to you or that as a cause or? um... Yeah, it actually um, was sparked by a huge tornado outbreak in Tennessee back in uh, 2011, April 27th. And I was on the air for several hours with my team of meteorologists that day. We had dozens of tornado touchdowns, um, over 30 fatalities in just our market alone. It was one of the deadliest tornado outbreaks. And the next day, we were out surveying some of the damage with the National Weather Service and broadcasting from these sites. And that's when everything kind of clicked in terms of my job. It was like, wow, yeah, I'm delivering the weather and the forecast. But, you know, we were on the air trying to get all of this critical, important information to people so they could stay safe during this severe, dangerous event. And the Red Cross was out there that day, and they were helping those impacted and helping rebuild. And that's when I sparked the conversation with them and just said, you know, is there anything I can do? Can I help get the word out? I want to be a part of this. Like, yes, I love forecasting the weather, but how can I turn my platform into a purpose? Um, So that's kind of how that all 
got cultivated. And when I moved to Chicago, I didn't want to lose that. So I teamed up with the Red Cross board here and have been a board member for 10 plus years now. Wow, that's awesome. Just, just think of the impact of the weather. It's not just impacted your commute. I mean, lives were impacted. Lives are impacted and severe weather and climate change. Um, it's becoming more frequent. Mm-hmm. And American Red Cross is that one organization that's there through every disaster. So, yeah. Before the event, we're helping prepare, and after, it's a way to help those impacted by some of the forecasts I'm delivering, unfortunately. Yeah, no doubt. So, talk. I mean, we talked a lot about the weather and meteorology. Um, if you weren't doing that, what, what would you be doing? Or, <laughs> well, also, well, in my eighth grade yearbook, yeah. it said... <laughs> I want to become a meteorologist or be on Broadway. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did not get the vocal cords. I cannot yeah. sing. Or, you know, maybe that could have been a career path for me because I absolutely love dancing and performing. Um, I don't know what else I would be doing. And maybe one day we'll find that out. But hopefully, you know, I can use what I've been learning. And climate change is definitely something that we're going to be continuing mm-hmm. to coverage and there's cover and there's going to be a lot of avenues there to start telling more stories um that way so got it got it so you'd be on broadway i feel like i mean <laughs> you're still under the spotlight well it's so. funny i wrote that and then it's like okay here's this new year's eve show so maybe yeah. that is playing out in in a way but yeah got it so what did you say your mentor's name was it was like hurricane glenn so, hurricane schwartz so what would your uh, weather nickname be We'll leave that up to people in the captions. Yeah. Maybe you sign off your emails with warmest or sunny or something. Yeah, yeah. Cheryl Storm or yeah. something. Um, so, you know, obviously you've been in Chicago for a while. So just rapid fire, like Cubs fan or Sox fan. Or you have to stay neutral. <laughs> right? PC all of the yeah. time. Um, it's great for Chicago if both teams are winning. Yeah, there you go. Um and then favorite restaurants or cuisines or? God, it's like I continue to find my favorite restaurants each and every week. It feels like there's mm-hmm. always something new. Um, I love Italian, La Scarola. If you're looking oh, yeah. for a really amazing burger, mm-hmm. I absolutely love um, Little Bad Wolf. There's so many. Yeah, it's hard to pick. It's really one. hard to pick. And then, so what, what are some of your favorite activities Winter season, summer season, because it seems like that's that's really all we have. <laughs> um, well, I have dogs, mm-hmm. so that's part of my life. One will make a cameo here soon. Yeah. <laughs> She's waiting. And uh, I just like being outdoors. I love traveling as well. That's where I focus my time. So when the winter gets tough, that means let's get on a plane and go somewhere warm for the weekend yeah. if we can. And yeah, spending time with friends and family. Speaking of your dog, how do you deal with your dog being recognized on the street more than you do. <laughs> she is so famous. Lola. <laughs> she outside. Yeah. yeah. Say hi. Do you remember when you used to just sit on the chair during COVID? So the question was, how does Cheryl deal with having a dog that's more popular and, and getting stopped on the street more than she does? <laughs> it's true. I cannot tell you how many times we are out walking and everyone's like, is that Lola from the news? We are broadcasting from home. What were we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like everything was so serious. The news, which typically is always serious, but it's like, okay, now it's time for the weather. How do we try to bring some joy to people's lives? And Lola was that answer in my home. So it was sweet. She would just sit there every newscast. So the question I always like to end on is a hundred years from now, what do you want people to remember about Cheryl Scott? 
Oh my gosh. A hundred years from now. It goes back to how we started the podcast. Just, you know, a genuine, authentic person that people, you know, could say is their friend and would be there to help them out if needed at the end of the day. And one of Chicago's favorite meteorologists. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's important to me is those intimate relationships in life where you can continue to get to know people and how you leave your mark and just always be kind and know in the back of your head that everyone's walking a different path and everyone has a different story and you never know what someone else is going through. So just, you know, living a life of compassion and and being there for people when they need it. Awesome. And then uh, one question I forgot to ask is, what would you say to the young person maybe in school that is curious about the weather or interested in meteorology? Uh, Stay in science. (laughs) It's a lot of science and a lot of hard work at first, but you can do it. You can do anything you want. I, I like to say that to everyone. I knew everyone is capable of, of their dreams. If you stick to it, have the heart, the passion, the mind. And if you need help, ask, I had to ask for help a lot. Studies, academics can be tough. And then, you know, just continue to talk to people, outreach, get your name out there, shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email. I'm happy to help and offer guidance in any way, shape or form. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you guys. Okay.